Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard Entertainment and its games. And we had quite a bit to watch today because, well, we'll get into that in the show. With me this week are, as usual, two magnificent spectacles of co-hosts, just truly wondrous, breathtaking natural resources. Uh, first up, she writes just about everything, all the time, constantly, uh, Ann Stickney. Hey, Ann. Hi. I've what been, have you been doing? I've been emotionally compromised, like, several times over today already. Yeah, it's been the kind of day. Yeah, so I'm just going to warn you in advance. It's like, it's been a very up and down whirlwind kind of day. And I'm not even done yet. So there's speaking that. Of, speaking of emotionally compromised, the most emotional man I know, Alex Zebart. I am rage. <laughs> Cypher rage, no less. You are lamp. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. Alex, I, I know you, I, I actually want you to tell people about it because I think it is something we should talk about on the show. So tell people about your Tanan, not Tanan, sorry, Tanaris invasion experience. Yeah, so I figured out... I should mention, demonic invasions are out. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean... Today. Yeah. And Alex had experiences. Tell us about them. Well, when I logged in for the first time today, the invasions that were up on my server... I don't know if it's all servers. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, Dune Moreau and Tenaris were up. I did Dune Moreau first because I'm Alliance and I was already on Eastern Kingdoms. So I went there. It went quick. There was like tons and tons of people there. We finished the whole thing in maybe 15 minutes. Like as soon as stage three went up, <laughs> it was done. So I was like, all right, I have enough time before the podcast to do Tenaris. I have like an hour. It's plenty of time. Uh, I went down to Tenaris and I got there and there was like four or five people there total. Uh, there was not the horde of people I had in Dune Moreau. So, like, the five of us formed a group, because there was only five of us, and we were progressing through stage three very slowly. Like, it was taking forever, because there was only five of us killing anything. So we grouped, so we actually have a shot at killing bosses and stuff. And we didn't have any healers. We didn't have any tanks. It was just five DPS. So to kill the mini-bosses, we just rotated who was going to die. Uh, we eventually burned them down, got to stage four, spawned the boss in Gadgetzan... Uh, it was the Nathrazim who has, like, AoE life drain and spawns ads that have AoE life drain. 
and it was impossible to kill. We were there for an hour trying to get through the bar, five people, until we got to the boss, who was then unkillable, because he spawns ads faster than we can kill him, and the ads heal him. So what you're saying is this was a real Kazakh and Stormwind kind of situation? Yes. Uh, he was right. just I mean, when there was hundreds of people, like, okay, so these bosses are terribly balanced, and they one-shot you, whatever, it doesn't matter when there's hundreds of people. Uh, when they put you into a scenario with five people, you can't kill this stuff. And because you're in a scenario, nobody's going to show up to help you. You can't just wait and be like, oh, more people have seen that the invasion is going, they'll show up. They won't, because they'll fly out there, and they'll end up in a stage one scenario, and you're on stage four, it's just you five, and you're screwed. You can't finish it. I mean, by the time so, I left, the armor was broken, people were, like, waiting, like, I think two, was it, what is it when you, it gives you a timer to respawn? Is it two minutes, five minutes? It starts at 30 seconds, and then it goes up from there. It goes yeah. up from there, Well, yeah. we were, we, we had to wait a while between rezzing, because you would res the boss would one-shot you again, and all of his ads, if he didn't one-shot you, his ads are all there, and he has like a dozen of them because he keeps spawning them. It was it was terrible. Um, I think, I when we did these on beta, and the bosses were just one-shotting us, I was like, I'm sure they'll balance that. They wouldn't want, I mean, they'll make it hard, but they wouldn't have things just one-shot, you know, they wouldn't one-shot whoever they look at. That's silly. No, that's how it works. You get <laughs> one-shot, um, and if you don't have a hundred people rushing from the graveyard, it's impossible to kill them and you can't invite more people you're not going to get more people if you just end up in a scenario without enough people you're screwed you can't do it it's a little odd that it's working that way though i think it's part of the problem is that they have the scenario thing set up so that if you get there they don't feed you into a scenario that's got like less people they, I, I don't know why in the start of one yeah i don't know why they would even let it start if you have less than 10 people if you have less than 10 people, you can't finish it. You just can't. So why start it? That's a good question. The super, like, the super powerful, like, story NPCs that show up, like Muradin and stuff, the ones in Tenaris, were getting killed by this boss. <laughs> They're not supposed to die. But they were, because we couldn't kill it. Were they actually, like, falling over dead? Yeah. Wow. They were actually, See, I like... I thought they were, like, the unkillable ones. You got them down to 1 HP, and they just live there and perpetuate. They would just fall over, so even the, like, the super powerful NPCs that are supposed to be there and help you, they couldn't help us. There weren't <laughs> enough of us to kill the boss. No one can help you now. The I mean, Legion is far too powerful. When the boss has life drain, and the adds have life drain, and they're all healing each other, and you don't have the DPS to kill the adds because they're healing each other, that super powerful NPC is going to lose in a fight against a horde of immortal mobs. <laughs> I don't know why this strikes me as funny. It shouldn't, but it, it was it was really frustrating at the time because I I like while we we're doing it, I knew this is impossible and there's no way to fix it. We can't invite more people. We're not going to get more people. We were literally put in an impossible situation. Well, well, since we've talked about it, we should might as well point out at this point what we're talking about is part of the demon invasion, as Anne pointed out earlier. Uh, it's basically part of everything that started this today, as of right now. Um, not only is the demon invasion starting, the Broken Shore scenario is in for both Horde and Alliance. And if you pre-ordered Legion, you can start your first demon hunter. Or several demon hunters if you want to, although they can't be on the same server. You can only have one demon hunter on server at a time, and you have to have a level 70 character in order to unlock a demon. So that's all going on today. Lots of stuff is actually happening. Um, anything in particular you guys want to break out? Like anything you want to talk about? It was actually kind of weird because, I mean, I jumped in, like, the second the servers were up, I was pretty much logging in because I really wanted to see the cinematics that hadn't been revealed yet. Mm -hmm. um, 
the broken shore scenario playing it on like the alpha and the beta i was always able to get through the whole thing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but we had so many people in our broken shore scenario that like you know when you go in and you like attack the city thing that's down there or whatever we we barely got around the first corner before we completed it because everybody was just murdering everything (laughs) um yeah. So I didn't even see what the far side was like. I was like, oh, well, I'm glad I saw that in beta because I'm not going to see it here, apparently. But, yeah, it moved very quickly, though, which I appreciated. So that was that was good. May, um, may I mention, before I forget, another invasion thing that really annoyed me, but not as much because it was still a winnable situation. Yes, by God, go ahead. Mention the thing that annoys <laughs> you, Alex. So, Dunmoreau, <laughs> I didn't get mad at this because we were able to finish it. It was just a thing. So one of the mini-bosses, like, it was another Nathruzim, I guess they're the bane of my existence, I don't know. We were fighting it, and he throws down an AoE, and it spawns, like, instantly. And it just killed me, instantly. Like, straight up, I was DPSing it, he threw a thing down, I was dead. Whatever. I run back, I see the boss's corpse. It's dead, it was beaten without me there. And there's nothing else in the area, so everybody else left. So I res, and the AoE that killed me was still on the ground, but invisible as a ghost, so I died again. (laughs) Okay. These invasions have problems. Um, Anyway, Anne was telling us something before Alex needed to complain. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have to get it. I have to get it out, or else it just explodes. No, I wanna. I wanna ask you, Alex. Was there something that you liked? Can you tell us something that you enjoyed? Everything but the bosses. Uh, I think it's a really fun event, and they, you know, have all the cool NPCs coming out, and these people maybe you haven't seen in a while contributing, and it's a lot of fun. And spreading out and fighting stuff is a lot of fun. They just did not bother to balance the bosses whatsoever. I think they did a really lazy job there. But everything else, everything outside of the bosses, is a blast. I think this is a really cool event. I if just, the, I think it's a really cool event. Like, there's a lot going on. If the bosses weren't there, if they were just, if they just removed all of them and didn't put them there, I'm like, this is fun. We just smash demons with people. Great. But the bosses are there and ruin it. <laughs> I'm going to say this, uh, and then I'm hoping Anne will actually get to say what she was originally saying. Uh, I, I did the Demon Hunter experience when I first logged on, so I'll talk about that in a bit. But right now, I'd like Anne to actually get to say what she was saying, because you were talking about the cinematics. Oh, no, I wasn't. Well, was I talking about the cinematics? You were kind of getting there, I thought. I, I, don't, I don't even remember what the heck I was talking about, <laughs> because we got Sorry. sidetracked. By, yeah, well, you know, it happens a lot. <laughs> um... Let's see. We busted through... Oh, like I said, the the Broken Shore experience. We had so many people there that we just, like, busted through it real fast. I really appreciate the fact that they didn't reveal any of these cinematics. Like, they didn't let anybody see any of these until today. Because, yeah, I went in and completely blind along with everybody else. And once we got done seeing the cinematics and finishing the event, like, everybody that was chatty throughout the whole thing. No, we were all quiet <laughs> for what we had just witnessed. And I mean, I finished I finished the Alliance one, immediately logged on to Horde side to go do it over there because I hadn't done, done it on the Horde side at all. I didn't, I didn't test it on the Horde side at all. I had just kept, kept the testing to Alliance. So I didn't even know what the Horde side looked like. And it's a completely different thing over there. But what I appreciated was that you're fighting side by side like your faction is doing one thing and then the big group of the other faction is going in on the other side and you can kind of see them across the way yeah, yeah. like when you fight the, the closest boss you can see them 
Yeah, and it's pretty cool. I was like, well, and I mean, even as you're like traveling up and stuff like that, you can kind of see them along. You can get like glimpses of them working their way up their side of things. So I thought that was pretty cool. I still think it's really silly. The Horde gets to see the Alliance side of the cinematic, but the Alliance doesn't get to see the Horde side of the cinematic. Well, we don't get to see... You don't get to see all of the Alliance side. You just get to see the important the part. end, the end of the Alliance side. And I, I feel like you kind of have to see the end of the Alliance side just to know what happened at the end. It's, they, you know? they do. It's just, I think it's a really cheap trickery that the Horde gets to see what happened, but the Alliance doesn't. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I will say that I honestly... Um, I was I, I didn't I didn't like break down sobbing or anything, but I actually did tear up a little bit. Yeah, see, I was just like full on crying. No, I I did tear up a little <laughs> I bit. I was like, no. <laughs> and I'll say that at least I, I don't want to say what happened, but you know, at least certain people got to have big a, a certain person got to have a big goodbye. So I'll say that much. I mean, out um, of out of respect, I'm not going to spoil this, but I don't even consider it a spoiler because Blizzard released a comic like a month ago. Come on, come on. Well, most people probably don't read the comics, man. I don't know. It's still, it it seriously stuff just came out, so we probably don't want to like give anything away. But I want to like shift over because what I did, I did the Broken Shore after, but the first thing I did was log on and make a demon hunt. And the first thing you get is a cinematic set at the Black Temple, and you know what happened at the Black Temple. Okay, but don't tell me too much about this stuff though, uh, because well, seriously, I haven't played through. <laughs> you get a cinematic at the Black Temple, and that cinematic is. Quite frankly, we're not talking about it as much because the Broken Shore stuff has like dramatic <gasps> moments, but this cinematic is gorgeous. Um, they made Illidan's model do things that it never did, um, and they, he hasn't gotten like a real big update. Like it doesn't look like he got like tremendously updated. So it's really interesting how much they can get it to do. Uh, it then cuts to like what everybody who did the beta saw. You know, everyone knows the the what you're doing when you're playing a Demon Hunter. But what I found interesting was. A, they voiced pretty much everybody. So a lot of these people, even people that, like, you, they're minor characters that, that die and you don't really see them again, even they have full voicing. Um, there's a lot going on. It's actually really fun. It, it was fun when I did it on the beta, but it's actually, they've smoothed out a lot of bugs and made it, it's a fun experience. It's it's straight up, you know, you, you learn how to be a demon hunter, you go through the whole place. Basically, what's interesting about it is that the way they work in story elements with gameplay elements in a way that I haven't really seen them do very much in WoW. Um, it, it really is the most fully realized, this is how you play your class thing I've ever seen them do. Uh, it, it's similar to, but but far more advanced compared to, say, like the, the original the, the Death Knight experience, where the Death Knight, you know, you learn what you're doing as you go through. It's similar to that, but it's a lot more involved. I mean, you even get taught, okay, here's your two specializations. That that pops up at one point. Um, they also, I gotta, I gotta say this, and again, I don't want to like spoil anything, but I gotta say this much. Mayav gets a lot of time and cinematic time. Like there's there's two cinematics Mayav appears in, and yeah, a lot of stuff that was kind of left hanging in the last uh, expansion pops up, and also there's. There's some stuff that's really strange and needs to get explained further. Like there's a there's certain characters say certain things, uh, and I'm like, what? Okay, yeah, sure. And so, yeah, it, it's a really interesting experience. I, I I really think if you even if you have very little interest in actually playing a demon hunter, go ahead and do this experience. Get yourself like a demon hunter on your server. Get it to 100 because it takes no time. You're you're, it's like an hour and you're at level one. 
and you're ready to go. So I I hope what's her face from Harbingers gets a lot of screen time. Some just, I mean, just thinking, yeah, whatever her name is, sure that because there's like Illidan, there's the two dudes that are like in charge or whatever, or you pick who's in charge, however that works. Yeah, I just want her to also get screen time. She was in Harbingers, she was cool. Put just give her stuff to do. Don't there's actually quite there's actually quite a few um, interesting uh, female demon hunters leading the group. It's actually there's not just one or two. There's yeah, a lot. Yeah, I, I just I just hope that they remain present throughout the expansion. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, definitely think that's there. There's a lot going on in this experience. So and again, it, without spoiling it, it's hard to talk about. But yeah, you you don't just learn a lot about the Illidari either. You actually learn quite a bit about the wardens and what they're doing and what they're up to. And why there's a why vaults of the wardens is a dungeon we go raid later, uh, because yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah you see why that is. The only thing that was weird about it is when at the end we're just you know Cadgar just sort of shows up like hey I'm Cadgar it's like <laughs> yeah Cadgar doing Cadgar things again I'm so magic I'm everywhere and can do everything until I don't want to yeah well thanks for finding a way to pee on my I thing I find Alex. Cadgar <laughs> actually way more interesting since the. Harbinger's short and I'm doing a, a know your lore this week I'm going to be talking about that a little bit and about Cadgar because I think that there's more to him I don't know I just all of a sudden he got really interesting to me again and it wasn't because oh no he might be a demon or oh no he might be this that the other no it's just Cadgar Cadgar himself is just there's something interesting there so yeah yeah, there's an actual quest that hasn't unlocked yet, but when it does unlock, you'll get to see more of Gagar, and his personality kind of comes through in that. It's actually interesting. He gets he gets yelled at by one of the original Guardians, so that's fun. Yeah, so maybe we shouldn't spoil things that haven't happened no. yet. That, that one, that one's not really a spoiler because I didn't tell you what actually happens. It's not what I just said. What I said was a joke. Okay. Sorry, but see, okay I've learned then. that when I joke about spoilers. Yeah, I'm get mad. actually predicting the future. And people will get mad either way. So we should yeah, just know, not talk I about that. <laughs> so I've just stopped because I'm like Nostradamus or something. And that's a terrible curse. That's right, right. Well, you did do that, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I know that that's not what happens because, like I said, I, I did it. That's not what happens. Anyway, um... We should probably talk about... Like, do you guys have anything else for like this before we, we talk about other things? They, they, just... they need to... Um, I do have one minor complaint that they need to do something about immediately. Um, the vendors for the demonic invasion event, they should really make those vendors have the whole, oh, you dismount when you're near them bubble. Because, uh, yeah, right now people are just mounting up on the largest thing they can and standing on top of the guys. And it's really annoying. <laughs> You know yeah. what else I'm mad about? Uh, nothing, actually, but if we're quickly moving on, we also have <laughs> Oriole releasing Heroes of the Storm today, and later this week we're getting the uh, cars on Disco and Hearthstone. Okay. And then there's also, a, we should probably mention Diablo Season 7 has started. Oh, yeah. So if you're, you know, looking to start a new seasonal character, um, you should be doing that now. Uh, I, I was watching, reading Twitter last night, and apparently Celestalon had started his new... Uh, season 7 character only to have his cable cut out and kill his hardcore character on oh, it. This no. is why I don't play hardcore. Yeah, it's that, I read that and was like, ugh. That's not no. good. Oh, Maybe that's cringe. terrible. Yeah, so there is also that to be considered. But yeah, that's basically, so it's it's pretty busy week for Blizzard All Told. Um, 
this is like probably the biggest pre-expansion thing they've done in a long time. Like it feels much bigger, much much bigger than what Warlords got, and uh, it's uh, significantly I mean, bigger than Cataclysm too. Yeah, Warlords wasn't what I would call insignificant, but it also stretched on for like forever, or it felt like it was stretching on forever, and there wasn't a lot there. It was just that, yeah, it was you go to the Blasted Lands and you've, you've done it in like an hour. Yeah, and, and that was that. And there's a lot more to this than there was to that. And then Mist of Pandaria, we didn't really get anything. Yeah, scenario. We got, yeah, that's it. <laughs> even really... Cataclysm. Cataclysm had the Doomsayers wandering around, but even that wasn't Well, and really... they had the Elemental Invasion thing, and you could go yeah. do the scenarios with those guys. But, like, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot. Wrath. Wrath was pretty substantial. Yeah, um, Wrath had a pretty big one. Huge. This feels kind of like on the same scale as... Well, it's not quite the same scale, because nothing can really compare to that. But when the gates of AQ opened back in Vanilla, and everybody was in... Like, everybody was in Silithus, and they were or just like a, giant bugs yeah. all over the place and that kind of thing. I just remember being on a boat in Stone Talon even because my boat didn't go. I, was to go. <laughs> I wasn't it in a boat Stone in Stone Talon. I was, I was dead midair <laughs> somewhere nope. above when, Stone uh, Talon. When I first tried to go to this invasion in Tenaris, uh, instead of taking the Uldum portal, I tried to take a boat from Stranglethorn to Gadgetzan to fly down. Um, the boat is broken. It gets me to the line where it gets the loading screen. I disconnect in the loading screen. By the time I load back in, the boat is on its way back to Tenaris or to Gadgetzan or whatever the place is. What is it? Ratchet? Let's go to Ratchet. It goes to Ratchet, yes. Ratchet. The boat's on its way back to Ratchet, so hit the loading screen again and disconnect. And I only finally fixed it because I managed to leap off of the boat in time to not get disconnected. Okay, so helpful hint for anybody who's going to the invasion in Tenaris. Take the portal to Uldum. No. Portal to Uldum. No. No. Take the portal to Dalaran, go to the tower, take oh, the portal the to the Caverns yeah. of Time, and See, it puts I, you out right there. <laughs> the reason I'm not using the Caverns of Time portal is because last night I did that on my death night, and it did not, it disconnected me entirely. Oh, well, it's working now, because that's how I got there this morning, so. It, it is, in fact, the better way to go if you yeah. keep the Dalaran easily. Because it, it puts you out right right near Gadget Sand, so... If, like me, you're a level one, you have a level 100 hunter that you boosted from level 60 and thus can't get to Dalaran easily, uh, yeah, use Stormwind. But otherwise, Dalaran <laughs> is the better way to go. Yeah. And do you like surprises? I hate surprises. Then you'll love... Oh, do you like food and stuff? Well, yeah. Then you'll love Degusta Box, a monthly subscription which delivers 10 to 15 delicious items straight to your front door. With Degusta Box, you'll receive items which are brand new to the market or food and drinks you might never have thought to try before. How exciting! How do I sign up? Head over to blizzardwatch.com slash Box and use the discount code Degusta10 to get $10 off your first box. Uh, in all seriousness, Degusta Box is a pretty cool service. I subscribe to it. I genuinely enjoy it. So if it seems like something you'd enjoy, check it out. Get yourself some funky food. Okay, uh, not right up now we're going to do some emails. As is always the case, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Um, if you can keep it like a little short, that's great. It'll help us uh, you know, put it on the air. Um, we, we try and do all different kinds of emails here, so pretty much any subject, as long as it's involving a Blizzard game, we're more than happy to, to take any comers you got. So 
please send them to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Anne's going to read them for us, uh, so go ahead. Okay, uh, first email is up from, or it's from Artem of Magtheridon, EU, who says, Salutations, Sleet Scanners. I don't even, oh, okay, Blizzard sleet. Watch, Sleet, okay. Yeah. That's very clever, only really hard to say. Thanks a lot, Artem. <laughs> He says, while watching the latest hijinks of the Blizzard Watch crew in Draenor's dungeons, I was struck with the following observation. 15% is a lot. Namely, the 15% buff you get for queuing for random dungeons solo and not as an organized group. It made me remember wiping in Draenor Heroics when the expansion was fresh. Not because the group didn't understand the mechanics, but because we were a guild group, didn't have the buff, and therefore didn't have the necessary DPS. I really think Blizzard should take another look at the social mechanics of dungeons. Beyond the buff thing, tanks and healers are incentivized to go at things solo by the goodie bags, which are not given if you queue as a group. Cheers, Artem of Magtheridon. What do you guys think? I don't disagree that they have to look at the social mechanics of what they're doing with dungeons, and in fact, the entire game. Um, they definitely need to consider... I noticed this the other day when I was queuing for uh, LFR on one of my characters, and they were actually giving the satchel to DPS players. What? You heard me. You're kidding me. No, I am not. Wow. Maybe yes. I should queue up for LFR more often now. <laughs> I, well, probably not going to be anybody queuing for it at the moment. With the yeah, invasion. yeah. That's, that was like, I remember seeing that and thinking to myself, what's going on? Like, there's a, there's a cascade effect. Like, when tanks and healers stop queuing for things, then the DPS stops queuing for things because they can't get a group for, like, a year. And that's one of the things that's always, I've always noticed. It's like, we always worry about, we don't have enough tanks, we don't have enough healers, but like DPS players will stop queuing for things if they just can't get in. And before, like in, I, I, I've done this a hundred times, so it's me repeating myself, but Mists had systems in place where if you were a DPS player and you had like an hour and a half queue, you could do something else. Yep. And I mean, Warlords did not have any of it. I mean, what you're saying is that you're describing my situation in this expansion. Uh, yeah. I I have played a lot less WoW, period, because I got sick of waiting to get into dungeons, so I stopped queuing, and without being without wanting to queue for anything, I had no reason to stay logged in. Yeah. I have barely played. I mean, I've been putting time into the beta, because it's the hot new thing, and it's the thing I need to cover, but otherwise, there's no reason for me to log in. Yeah, like, for me, it was like pulling alts through Tanan, which is great and all, but Let's, I mean, that's why I now suddenly have all these level 100 alts that I usually would never have. But it's like, you can only do Tanan so much, then you hit the the level on which Tanan will reward you, and you're now you're doing nothing. You're just, you're, you're spinning your wheels. Weirdly, and, yeah. I think I've spent more time playing WoW with you guys on the leveling stream than Draenor at max level. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I could say that that's probably something that happened to Cause me. Because we've been we've been doing this pretty solid every week for like over a year, and I like I had that initial get to you know do the whole leveling thing, get to level one hundred, get the reputations, that kind of thing, do LFR, and then somewhere I think when Tanan came out, really it just kind of petered off entirely. And I mean, I was logging on to check my garrison and send people out on missions and collect my gold. But, but yeah, you, you that were was about it, on, really. It's like you were logging on to play a mini game that had nothing to do with playing WoW. Yeah, yeah, you and that was about it. And, and Something that could have been in an app. Right. <laughs> you and, logged in. And I was, I was 
like I I played more with you guys than I did my actual main character. What's really weird is that the leveling stream had the effect of not only did I play with you guys, but then I would like turn off XP and play without you guys to get transmog looks for my character because I couldn't stand not being transmogged. It was driving <laughs> me out of my mind. And then of course they brought in the new system, so now you know now I don't have to do that anymore. But I still do because it's just like a compulsion. Like I have to run that dungeon even though I know I don't need anything from it. I just a lot of it a lot of it though it had to do with the queue time thing because yeah. I'd go to queue up for a dungeon or I'd go to queue up for LFR and you know, the queue was an hour and a half or something like that. I don't have that kind of time to just sit there and wait around. Yeah, we, we talk a lot about tanks and healers controlling dungeon queuing to a degree, and they do. Um, but one of the things that we don't really pay attention to is if DPS players are forced to wait past a certain point and have no alternatives, can't do anything else really, because in, in in mists you could queue for scenarios. That's what I liked about. Which I did. Yeah, that's what I liked about mists was I could queue for a dungeon and then queue for a scenario finish that off, finish another... And then it, it seemed like no time had passed. I mean, yeah, maybe it had been that 45 minutes or an hour or however long, but it but didn't... You were playing. It yeah. sure didn't feel like it because I was busy doing stuff, whereas with Draenor, it's you sit in your garrison, and I don't have time to just sit in my garrison and babysit my screen, hoping that the right. queue pops up. I, I just don't... And I would, I would run into I have better things to do. <laughs> where it was like the queue time, like estimated 50 minutes... And that's almost an hour to sit and wait. So, like, 30 minutes would pass. And I'm like, all right, I have to use the bathroom. I have to use the bathroom. Like, there's 20 minutes left on the estimated time. It's fine. I come back, and I've missed your my Q-pop. Yep. I'm like, yep. oh, forget it. And I just yep. close the game and do something else. Yeah. And I'm hopeful Like I'm hopeful. <laughs> one of the things that will happen in Legion is that the, the open world content, the various quests and stuff you can do, will give DPS players stuff to do. And thus, they won't feel like they're being punished for being DPS because that's the secret of like the 15% buff that they threw in everything they threw in to get people to queue all of that stuff was basically there to basically try to ease out that punishment feeling of picking the most popular of the three roles DPS is more popular more people want to do it they always will want to do it more than the other two it's just how it is the 50% was also kind of like a, a, a compensation of if you're not in the guild group, you're probably not very well coordinated, so we'll help you just kind of get over the top. Yeah, and that's but, again, that's a situation where it basically it's there to help yeah. individual players. It's there to help, and the most of those people are DPS. That's just how it is. If you have a group of five people doing a dungeon, three of them are DPS. And yet, it's more like six for every tank or every healer. That's just how it is. And it needs to not be so punishing for them. And I really think one of the things that I, one of the things I'm kind of leery about this expansion is the way it's it's done spec switching. Yeah. Because I I really don't think you want to make it harder for people to be tanks when they need they need to be a tank. Like if you, someone who runs around questing as DPS should not have any barriers to tanking. They shouldn't have an artifact to level up the barrier to tanking. They shouldn't have, you know, oh, well, I can't switch my talents properly. That That's stuff that concerns me, so. Yeah, that's one thing I did. I mean, it depends on what character I'm playing at a given time. If I'm doing my paladin, mm-hmm. I can go, okay, the queue time is like an hour long, but they need healers. I have the ability to go holy. I have a holy set. I can just switch holy, and I'll heal it. I don't really enjoy doing that, but it gets me in a dungeon, gives me something to do. Um, if I also need to, like, put tons and tons of effort into my holy artifact in addition to the artifact I actually want to use, I'm just not doing it. 
sorry, <laughs> you don't get a healer out of me anymore. It's and, not. And that's that's stuff that actually affects pure DPS players, and that's the thing that we need to keep in mind. That I pure DPS players are the backbone of this game. Like you know, for all that I have an inflated sense sense of self importance as a tank, it's the three other people in the group who are stabbing or shooting or burning things that keep the game going. You need those people. You need them to not feel like, oh God, I have to wait here for an hour. And the idea that you might actually miss your cue because you had to to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's what creates these people who uh, pee in bottles because they actually want to play a game. Yeah, that's I'm not gross. Doing that. I'm not doing that, but that's the kind of thing it encourages. Yeah, it is. The game needs to move away from that. The game needs to move away from stuff that feels punitive in that fashion. That I is remember my... uh, once upon a time, a long time ago now, when Ghostcrawler was still at Blizzard, they mentioned, you know, somebody brought up the problem with DPS queue times, and they mentioned, you know, one possibility was if there's lots of DPS waiting to get into a dungeon, just let an extra DPS into a group. And we have flex raids now. But we yeah. still can't let an extra DPS into a group. Just if there are that many DPS waiting, that they have an hour-long queue time, let one more into a group. Why? Why can't we do flex dungeons? Yeah, exactly. That, that is in fact a brilliant idea. I wish I'd thought of it. I mean, we do time walking. Yeah. So if we can compensate for it in that aspect, why? What, why can't we compensate for it like with the number of players? I mean, I guess I understand because, like, you know, some bosses in some scenarios in those dungeons they're set up for a specific number of people like physically in the room and if you have more than is needed in that room it's going to be a little weird but at the same time wouldn't that help yeah, like a I little mean, bit <laughs> I think letting one more person in doesn't necessarily crowd those areas too much but it would have a huge impact on queue times if there are you know hundreds of DPS waiting to get in somewhere in every group can take one more of those people. That's a big difference. Yeah, it absolutely is. Okay, well, our next email is from Minini from Dentarg, who says, Hello, Watchers. I have two wholly unconnected questions I'd like your thoughts and or opinions on. So we'll just do these one at a time, guys. Um, the first one is a question I'm hoping Alex can help me with. What is the state of inscription in pre-patch Legion? I knew a lot of glyphs would be going away, but when I logged onto my scribe, I was honestly shocked at how little there was. Should I be doing research again, or is that really all there is until the expansion comes? Alex, you probably know this way better than anybody here, so... Yeah. Unless I've missed something major, and I don't think I have because I tried doing research after the patch, uh, that's all there is. That's all we have until Legion. I, there's very few. Um, I, I thought there was some kind of like rhyme or reason how Blizzard did this. Like scribes can still make all the cosmetic stuff, but that's not true. A lot of the things that are just cosmetic, like turning orbs into ravens or whatever, are also are some things you can get on vendors. So scribes don't even make all of them. It's it all seems very random. But yeah, what you have now is all you get until Legion. In... Does it get better in Legion? Not. I think it's in so. Inscriptions, what will make inscription tantalizing in Legion is kind of the same thing that makes engineering kind of interesting. And that engineers, oh, you can have a Jeeves. You can drop a Jeeves in a raid and everybody can repair. It's that convenience factor. And now inscription has the codexes that let you change your talents in a raid. It's, it's kind of the same function as engineers in that it doesn't make anything that you're going to use all the time, but they're going to have some stuff that you're going to want to have around. So here's my question, right? Because I play an engineer. I've had an engineer since, like, I made the character. They've never not been an engineer. And 
what made up for the engineer not making a ton of money was the fact that I could make all kinds of crazy gadgets for myself and things like that. Yeah. Does inscription have some kind of equivalent to that? Not, I mean, engineering is still always the crazy gadget, um, but scribes have. I'm not talking about crazy gadgets in particular. I'm just saying, is there some sort of personal motivation to having inscription that maybe makes it worth it, even though you aren't making all of these glyphs for people anymore? I mean, the codexes are going to be huge. Everybody's going to want those to change their talents and raids, unless everybody's constantly porting yeah. But that's in and one thing. Raid. That's one it thing. Is. And um, there's always kind of the the secondary stuff that's not great, but it's still there. Like um, in Warlords, they had the cards of fate, where you make cards of fate and you flip them over, and they'll all be worth a different gold amount. Like you might get one that's worth fifty copper. That's the dark moon card luck. things. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so there's still stuff like that, and. It's just kind of the same old thing. Scribes don't feel very inspired in Legion. Um, I'm I'm glad I had an alt as a scribe instead of my main because it doesn't excite me. Yeah, I it's... gotta admit that this, as somebody who has a scribe that I've not leveled, yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna um, be a scribe anymore. It it, it kind of sucks. I mean, there's still some cosmetic glyphs you can make. There's still some glyphs. There's still the codexes and there's still some little toys, but it really feels like a profession that they should have removed. Honestly, it feels that way. Like they removed what it was all about, and now it just feels like, uh, we kind the of the glyph destroyed... thing was kind of it. That was yeah. like that's what that'd it was be like. For. That'd be like removing cutting gems from yeah. tool crafting. <laughs> right. It really feels like they should have just removed inscription, and now to like justify its existence, they just kind of add some stuff in there that's kind of useful, but you don't really want. Okay. Yeah, it's like jewel crafting. They remove cutting gems. It's like, well, you can make a pony. It's like, well. Yeah, okay. but yeah, we make cats. Yeah. We we make colorful cats. Yeah, that is yeah. what we do. It's like, well, we remove gem cutting, but you can still make cats. The great, I made a cat. I, just one cat, a plus. Well, if you, if you make what? a bunch of them, you can combine them into this other cat. Uh, <laughs> look, it's wonderful that yeah, you've given me Voltron, but nevertheless, yeah, it, it it does really feel pointless. Like they gutted it, but didn't want to go whole hog and just remove it because people had it. Should have just removed it and give some kind of compensation. It's okay. pointless. All right. Um, so the second question from Minani says, uh, the second question is for everyone. I was wondering if there was anything in Warlords that pleasantly surprised you. I know there was a lot we were all disappointed by, but as we move on from Draenor, I'm wondering if there was anything you look back on and think, you know, that cinematic storyline flight or fight, excuse me, mechanic, character, whatever, was surprisingly good. For example, I personally have never felt anything for the Arakoa and expected to be bored to tears when I adventured through Spires of a Rock on my way to Loremaster. Instead, the questing and characters combined to make that zone one of my absolute favorite experiences in WoW. I hope these questions were not too long or boring, and I apologize if they were. They totally were not, Minini. So, um, yeah. I'll say this for like I know Alex is, was probably like lead a rave about Spires of Iraq, and I think one of the reasons <laughs> I liked Spires of Iraq was because it wasn't about orcs. Yeah, I mean they show up a little bit, but it had its own complete like I I like the stuff on Draenor that had its own storyline that was only tangentially related at best to the Iron Horde. Uh, that's why I liked a lot of Shadow Moon because a lot of Shadow Moon. I mean the Iron Horde's there, and you know that they're a threat, but it's really more about ooh explore this place and look at these Draenei. They're really cool. Uh, I like Spires of Iraq. I was, I wish there had been more Draenei stuff. Like I loved the Draenei stuff we got. I liked them in Shadow Moon. I liked them in Talador. Uh, I was really into them, um, and I got some of what I wanted, but I didn't get enough. 
Okay, um, but what they're asking here is, is oh, there I, something I, that you thought was exceptionally good? Oh, I, I, those characters. I loved Yorel. I thought Yorel was great. I thought the what story I got of the Draenei was really what I wanted. I just wanted more of it. Um, if they had done, like, if they'd opened up two more zones and done more stuff like that, uh, I would have been really happy. Marad, Marad went from, oh yeah, he's that guy on a boat. I remember him. He's on that boat. To important. Like, I cared about Marad. I, it's not a spoiler. When Marad dies, I felt bad. Like, I didn't want that to happen, and I thought it was really a, a well-done cin- cinematic. It was touching. He, I cared about his character. I cared about, you know, Yorel as a character. They did a... Th- I, that stuff was really good. The cinematics it, were all good. And it, because they built up Yorel so well, and I enjoyed having her there throughout this story, is why I'm really busted up that she's not coming with us, that she's not participating in Legion, that it's, or so far isn't participating in Legion. Like, why build a character up so much to ditch him? But... Yeah. Uh, I feel the same way about Spires of Iraq. That was kind of the standout one for me. Um, initially, I was disappointed because I was... Burning Crusade, I still have a lot of stuff from Burning Crusade I wanted to see more of. And the Erico and Burning Crusade had the, this old god slash redeemed by the light kind of dyma- dynamic going on where they had the ones that were trying to like rip an old god out of the ground in Shadow Moon, I think. Yeah, it was Shadow Moon. They, they, they were actually destroyed there. Yeah. Yeah, and the ones in Shatrath who had turned to the light. It's like, oh, this is really interesting. These are bird people who are, you know, I want to see what the story is here. What's the background? And I get to spy actually, rat, yeah. And you don't really see either of those things it's the sun which isn't the light and there's lots of demony stuff but it wasn't any of that burning crusade stuff so i was really confused like what happened here but i ended up really enjoying it i I loved that zone it actually does connect to the burning crusade stuff because what you get with the blood that that corrupts them into the arakoa form is is tied into these like the the ones that tried to summon the old god because if you go you remember when you did um you're in burning crusade and you're up in the blades edge mountains and there's the arakoa up there who have their raven god and it's really weird that their raven god is there their their raven god's tied into the old gods and that so that's how it all ties in the thing that they that created the blood that corrupted the uh, arakoa is tied into that too there's like a lot of stuff going on that's like it's it's never directly stated. They don't come out and say it, but you you right. all the connections are there. It's, I, I thought it was I, really fascinating. I expected that to be the main focus, but I'm I'm kind of glad it isn't in hindsight. Yeah. I think I think one of my favorite parts, and it's like it's a small part, and I mean I totally get what you're going with, Rossi, when you said you wish there were more because I wish there was more of this. But the whole the whole bit with the breakers and the primals and Gorgrond. Yeah, okay, with the yeah. forests that kind of like overwhelmed and and wanted to like devour the desert plains, and then you know you had the rock guys who were like, no, we would like that whole weird dynamic thing that was going on out there, and just the primals themselves because they were creepy. Mm-hmm. They were they were just creepy. They were downright creepy. The little carnivorous plants and things like that, and the way that they would like we're all fertilizer. We're just fertilizer to these things. They infest people and make them drag around. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was creepy gross. And we didn't have a lot of creepy gross because a lot of the creepy stuff, like the really creepy stuff that I remembered from, um, from, from vanilla was like Eastern and Western plague lands. It used to be really creepy out there. And they kind of leached that out when they put in the cataclysm quests. Yeah. Um, they, they, when they fixed, I'm air quoting, fixed the plague lands. Right, right. Well, when they did that, 
they kind of like Anderhall. Anderhall used to creep me, just give me the willies, and now it doesn't because it's stuck in the middle of this whole traveling caravan of very amazing characters. I love the Paladin pals and I love Fiona and everything, but it just, it kind of lightened the mood out there. And I kind of appreciated the darker mood a little bit more. So when they introduced these plant guys, I was like, well, that's a little weird. I wonder what that's all about. And then when I went and actually played through it, I was like, oh, here's that creepy dark stuff. Neat. You know, but we didn't, we didn't quite, I wish we'd had more of it. I, I really do. I appreciated it, though, that it was there, because I wasn't expecting it to be that creepy, it, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I've said this a hundred times, and I think Alex has probably said it a hundred times, but Warlords was at its best when it practically ignored the Iron Horde. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, um, just even beyond the Botani, there seemed to be a lot of stuff going on in Warlords with, like, the Elementals. Just in general, like you yeah. go to some places like, oh, this guy's trying to gain control of this super powerful elemental, or this super powerful elemental wants to destroy this thing, and there's all this stuff going on, but none of it goes anywhere. And even you get, for that one quest, you yourself gain control of the Genosaur or whatever to use against Iron Horde, but it turns out it was just some silly quest plot device and you lose was, it as soon as you got it. And there were some none of that goes anywhere. Yeah, there were some really neat implications when you found like a piece of Titan technology. You know, it was like, oh, there's evidence that there were Titans here. Okay. Sure. And then the whole the whole bit um, with Rathion, apparently he showed up and then like he was he was only mentioned in that journal and that was it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was another one of those like little tantalizing things where it was like, well, what was he? Wait, no. Do we find him? Where is he? What was he up to? And we don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like they focused on the Iron Horde for World of Drainer, but the Iron Horde was ultimately the worst part of the expansion. Whenever they were out of the picture, you had a really fun experience. Even like, like even High Mall with the ogres and the ogre culture. Right. You find out you know, the ogres have this unbroken history that's very simple because they're ogres. But they have an unbroken history back to the Titans. They remember when the Titans were there. Except that they, because they're ogres, they express it in very simple terms. That was really interesting. Uh, then Highmall just kind of becomes a throwaway raid. You know? I, I just, there were a lot of, there were a lot of moments that I appreciated, but they were like smaller moments. And usually those smaller moments that I really appreciated, they were the ones where I, I, I wish we had kind of seen more of them. Um, my favorite warlord was the was the female burning blade chieftain. Yeah. And yeah. she gets introduced, she's and then destroyed in the garrison quest before you know, I just was like, No, she's the only one I like. She's, she's pretty the only cool. One that got a story. She yeah. was pretty cool. Um I liked Nagrand. I liked the stories in Nagrand. Um and I liked seeing the resolution to Garrosh. Um I don't know. I don't, you know, and I, I, the more, the more that it happens, right? The more that we see, you know, important characters die, like we see, you know, with Admiral Taylor, like we see with Draenor's version of Velen, like we see with um, Garrosh himself. Uh, the more I see that happen, uh, and Murad, Murad too, Murad. I also felt the same way about Murad. Every time I see one of these characters go, I go, oh, that was so much potential that you just threw away. Like with Garrosh, I thought that there were still there were still stories that they could have told with that guy, and and, and they just kind of chucked it aside. Murad, in particular, though, we had just started getting to know him, and he had just gotten to the point where he was really interesting when they cut him out of the picture entirely. And I keep thinking that maybe 
maybe that's just me thinking no, as like a storyteller. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Way. In every and, case, go ahead. I was going to say, I feel that way, and I feel like Yorel is actually a case of that, even though she doesn't die. No, but Yorel, though, see yeah, her. no, I'm okay, though. I'm okay with that, because as long as she's alive, it means that the potential exists there for her to come back at some point in the future. But characters like I don't, Fandral, Fandral was really probably the first one that hit me really hard, because Fandral Staghelm, I thought that he had the potential to be something really huge. For me, it was Karen. And, and then and then he ended up being a raid boss, and I was like, ah, oh, that could have been so much more. Yeah. <laughs> and it to wasn't. And, and I think that, like, I think, though, the more that I see it, I mean, the more that I see it, and the more characters that, that get this fate sort of handed to them, the more I think, this is probably just me, you know, going, ah, oh, but 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 there was so much potential there and I'm just thinking of it in terms of myself and the stories that I would tell about that person. Oh, yeah. One of, one thing that happened today many, had me feel that way. No, go Alex. Go. Of the many recent character deaths in World of Warcraft, I feel like the only character who got their full arc is Garrosh. Like it seemed like uh, Garrosh got to do everything he was going to do. It's okay if he goes. He's he been did, in but... every expansion since Burning Crusade, and he had some development in every single one. There aren't a lot of characters who can say that. Yeah. And, and you know, once I stepped away from it and kind of looked at it from that aspect, it felt a little bit better because he did come full circle. It's just I didn't think that that ending was the best ending <laughs> that they could have done with him. But um, yeah, a lot of their characters they do just like seem to cut them down just to cut them down. Like they don't get a, a, a arc that makes sense. They don't get to like finish. Like I don't mean finish. Like they get to do everything they wanted to do because I mean you can't no. have a tragic death. That's if they not get life. To do what to do? Yeah. But they also just don't get enough of a fulfilling story for well, I, the death I honestly, to make sense. I also feel like to a degree there's certain characters where they represent more than themselves in the story, and yeah. it's like when they die. There's nobody doing that. That's why war. Taylor was a big issue to me. Yeah, Taylor dying is a big deal because not only did he not get to at least Nazgrim got to die in a raid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Taylor dies in a in like a zone bit, and it's like he, Taylor was the only one doing the the reasonable Alliance military commander yeah, role. He was he was the NPC filling. He's the guy on the ground. There are yeah. no other guys on the ground. There's the players, but there's nobody who, in the story who's the kind of an analog. And Taylor was that. And that there was this other guy in the story doing the things you're doing. He's in the military. He's He was kind of your counterpart. Mm -hmm. And he had a really grounded story in that sense. Then you remove him, and this entire aspect of the narrative died with him. There are no replacements. There's nobody else like him in this game. Yeah. Nazgrim, at least you know he was sort of your horde counterpart because he started off kind of at the same level as you and you moved up in the ranks and then he moved up in the ranks it, it's just Nazgrim got out of control well, um, yeah, but Nazgrim too I'll give Nazgrim this much when Nazgrim died his fight he, his fight yeah. that like all of the dialogue in that fight was just dead perfect no it was a good end it was a good end for him well plus I mean he was he's what would have happened to you yeah he's like you made one choice, he made the other. He was and, he was and the he, warning. And he and he and you know, he was almost your friend if you played Horde. Yeah. Like when I raided in my Torrent, I mean I remember thinking, you know, this is like this guy is the dude who does everything I do. Yeah. You know, it's now he's 
gone. Yeah. And you kind of feel like a pang. Yeah, you feel kind of like that pang of sympathy for the guy even because he's just doing what he feels he should be doing. And yeah, it, 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 it fit for him. Murad, though. Murad is the one I continually get stuck on because, yeah, Alex, like you were saying with Garrosh, you know, the more I thought about Garrosh, the more I was like, well, no, he kind of came full circle and he ended where he began for us yeah, like even in the same spot a pretty hefty story he did he did but Murad Murad didn't and he no. was just starting to get there he was just starting to percolate into somebody that I really wanted to see more of and then they snatched him away and I'm like oh he could have been great yeah. and, <laughs> and losing an entire like aspect of the story is why way back in Raph, alliance players were so beat up about losing bolvar because mm-hmm. for a long time like he was our guy he was yeah. our yeah. hero when all the other bolvar heroes were was absentee, the man he was the he was man the in vanilla stuff and he- then they cut him down but hadn't replaced him yet like we didn't have anybody else really step up so it was like he was all we had now what? And really got me well, later. What well, really got me with Bolvar's death wasn't even that aspect of it, although that's there. But it was the fact that Bolvar knew you. Yeah. You, yeah. You show up, and he's like, "Ah, oh, it's you, my old friend. I remember you from." And you're like sitting there going, "Dude, I I did nothing while you fought like sixteen directs." <laughs> yeah. There's single handed, and it was amazing. And I sat back in the corner with popcorn, letting you take <laughs> care of it because I couldn't handle it, but you could. Yeah, there's the whole quest in Dragonblade. Not the Wrathgate, but the stuff before that on the Alliance side, where you're going down to find the Lich, and Bolvar shows up. It's yeah. like, hey, man! And you're like, hey! And then you kick this dude's butt together. It's great. That's It did make Bolvar's fate harder yeah. to deal with. Yeah, it was It was kind of... Anytime they kill anybody, it stings. It just stings. Um, anyway, uh, Minini, I, I hope that helps you out. <laughs> I don't know. We just we we just kind of went off on a ramble, a real long ramble there. And honestly, um, should be I think, used to it by now. Yeah, I think we have time for like maybe one more question. Yeah, you right. guys. Sure. Okay. Skip the um, joke one then. Huh? Skip the joke one then. Yeah, I'm gonna. We'll go ahead and do Winter Wolf's here. So this one's from Winter Wolf at Dathramar Oceanic, who says, "Hello, watchers. I saw an interview with Ian Hazakostas recently in which he acknowledged that the leveling experience is broken, citing reasons like mobs being able to be one shot at lower levels and out leveling content too fast. The reward structure, also broken in my view, does not get a mention. Gaining a level in Vanilla WoW was a big thing. There were talent points every other level, and spell ranks made." made it tangible that your character got more powerful. Now there are only four talents for vanilla and Burning Crusade content. The stat squish means that you can go without an increase in gear stats for several levels. And gold rewards from quests have never been adjusted for inflation. Copper is meaningless in today's economy. While I don't want the old systems back, I do miss the feeling of getting rewarded and more powerful at lower levels. It seems that currently you are only leveling for the sake of leveling and slowing it down will only exasperate the problem. All meaningful rewards like significant gains in stats on gear, artifact power, and gold rewards from quests are locked away at higher levels. Thoughts? Keep up the good work and keep on watching. Yeah, that's all true. Yes. <laughs> it's it's busted and um, I suspect... They're starting to address it. I don't, I don't know how well they're going to be able to address it. I'll tell you right now, one of the things that you, you want to get serious about adjusting this, you know the first thing you're going to do? Get rid of heirlooms. They have served their purpose... Keep them as cosmetic items and get rid of them. Yeah, I was going to say, don't get rid of them entirely because those are some really pretty sets. 
Oh I no, think... <laughs> I, 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 you, you're not taking that out of my transmog window. That's not happening. <laughs> Please but, leave it in the wardrobe, but you can remove was, the other part yeah. of it. I think having that XP bonus for people who want it is fine, but the stats on the items are too good. That's the thing, exactly. Although I don't think you really even need the XP bonus because I think you should just basically make it any character after your first character gets it automatically, boom, you're done. And if you want to slow it down, make it a toggle. But I don't think having, like, if, if you keep the XP bonus on the items, people are going to keep using them even if they're not, you know what I mean? Even if they make them the stats less good, and then you'll just be struggling because you're trying to keep your XP bonus. No, bake it into the game, make it something you can turn on and off after you've leveled your first character through, call it a day, get rid of them. Because you never change them. You use them up till That's 90 true. or 100. You just don't ever take them off. And that means any, even if they, they do address gear, even if they fix gear so it's cool to get it, it won't be cool to get it because it's like, oh yeah, I'll just vendor that. Like, That's you know, true. One of the reasons I liked the leveling stream was we actually wore the gear. Yeah. You know, and it, and even when we were, even when we were wearing the gear, right? Because we didn't use heirlooms at all while we were doing our leveling stream. We we picked up upgrades as they came along. Even then, there were whole sections of expansions where we didn't replace the gear. Liz was using oh, yeah. Burning Crusade bracers into mists. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and yep. because they weren't they weren't significantly <laughs> they just, better. Yeah, they weren't that much better. So I was like, well, why bother replacing them? That doesn't feel very good. Oh, that needs to be addressed. Um, I don't know exactly how to address it, but maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe have stuff. Brighter minds at Blizzard can that. probably come up with something. I know that leveling is something that they're looking at because it's not the experience that they want to give people. But part of the problem is that World of Warcraft is so big now. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's such a long game. I mean, there's a hundred levels to get through, and you start at level one. That's going to... It it feels enormous. And it's going to get bigger. Even in terms of content, like, no, there's so many people who don't want... Like, I think the game needs another cataclysm. It really does. Not necessarily in the sense of rebuilding the entire old world, but it needs to look at everything in leveling. And Burning Crusade really does need an overhaul. Um, oh, yeah. back it needs Cataclysm, to be pulled into that. Yeah. When Cataclysm was released, so like, oh, we think you know, Burning Crusade content really holds up, so we're not going to do anything with it. It doesn't hold up. Maybe it did when Cataclysm came out, but now it's awful. Part of the problem is that it is, it is full of bugs that have not been adjusted. It's buggy. It's awful. And honestly, a lot of the zones are really ugly. It's I think the Zangor oldest is still pretty. Oh, I hate Zanger Marshall. Hellfire is not pretty. Um, that those textures are terrible now. Looking back, you, you go there and you're like, "Did my video card break? No. <laughs> Why does it look is, like what's this?" What's funny about that though is I remember stepping through the dark portal the first time and going, oh, "It's well, yeah. beautiful." Now it, it's really not. It was because it was before Wrath and it's before, before they came out with those gorgeous forests that we saw on Draenor. <laughs> But it's like one of the things that you really, if you look, if you think about it this way, right now the oldest content in World of Warcraft is Burning Crusade. Yeah, that is the oldest content available. Um, so it's the Draenei starting zone, it's the Blood Elf starting zone, and it's those. Both of those up. really need to be retouched too. And honestly, yeah. I feel like, I feel like yes, they're instanced, and I know that they're instanced, but I still feel like that they should revamp those places and allow flight. Yeah. yeah. Um. Because they're part I, of Azeroth, theoretically. I leveled a Draenei recently, and I did the Draenei starting zones. And I'm really not used to how questing used to work anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because it's totally just... Up. We've been trained a different way now. And even, like, in a sense, 
some zones that still work that way where you get like 10 quests at one time they generally send you in the same area like in this part of the the zone you will be doing these 10 quests you go to the draenei starting zone and once you get past like the very first quest like once you get to the next island like blood mist island all that you get like 20 quests at once and it covers the entire island all over the place just go basically either you go back after you do five or six quests and then get some more quests that send you back out or you do everything come back and then they send you back out again this is why i was okay with us um starting our leveling stream in dunmoro because i mean i didn't like the fact that it was a snow zone but at the same time it w- it had been redone for cataclysm yeah so i knew that the flow was going to be okay <laughs> In, yeah, in here's and if we had started thing. on Azramist Isle, I don't know if we would have made it off the island. No. <laughs> and, and the other thing with the Draenei starting zones, like starting zones now, I don't know if people have really noticed, but there's rare spawns are not really that rare in the starting zones post-cataclysm. Nope. And they will always drop a bag. So if you're keeping an eye out, you will fill up your bag slots fairly quickly. There'll be six slots, but you get a bag. The Draenei starting zone, I got to Azermist Isle, and still all I had was my backpack, a four-slot bag, and a six-slot bag, because those rares weren't there all over the place. Yep. And I have 20 quests. They're sending me all over the island. I finish one of those quests. My bags, bags are, full. are full. I can't go do more. There's no vendors here. I have to throw everything away or just not be able to loot quest items and such. It's a very frustrating experience. And yep. that was vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was actually the improved version. Remember how we raved about how good Azure Mist was? Oh, uh, yeah, it, it was it fantastic was. when it came out because we didn't know any better. They hadn't they hadn't done anything else. But yeah, I feel like I feel like yeah, they need to do some kind of like post cataclysm, post legion thing because obviously the legion there's gonna wreck everything while it's out there. We need to look at like everything, every aspect of this. Yeah, and, and kind of like rework it. And, and I don't I know, know if don't that's something. I don't know. I don't think that that's something that they need to release as an expansion, though. I think it's something that they could release in a series of side patches, you know, have somebody have a team working on it on the sidelines and release those as like extra content here and there throughout the thing. Like work on it slowly. You don't have to do it all at once. It's okay. We'll be okay with it being revamped over time. There's no crunch here. Just it's something that needs to be cleaned up. That's all. Um, Anyway. That pretty much wraps us up for emails. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, as is always the case, please send us any emails you have to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Thanks very much, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.